Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Um, it is that time of year again. Not Christmas. We just not know. Christmas. Like, it is Lent. Lent. We're Fun times. Into Lent. Um, so you guys have heard us talk about the church calendar a lot on this podcast. We um, believe heavily in celebrating it, and we yes. believe heavily in marking time with um, historical ways of marking time. And one of them is with um, the church calendar and with. Advent and Epiphany and Lent. And so we're digging in today because this week is the start of Lent. Actually, tomorrow will be Ash Wednesday Mm -hmm. um, since our podcast comes out on Tuesdays. So um, we want to get it started right. So we have a very special guest today who's going to help us start this topic. I'm so excited. We're very excited to have Erin Moon on. And most of you probably know who she is if you've listened to our podcast because we recommend podcasts that she's on a lot. So, And because Rebecca Cochran's a weirdo and like... (laughs) She's my favorite Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make you feel self-conscious now when you do your Instagram. No, this is amazing. Really Please weird. continue the continue the compliment. Yes. <laughs> she Instagram stalks people. It's fine. It's totally fine. 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 She's great. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Erin is an Instagrammer. No. That, that now it sounds like you're like some kind of influencer or something. We didn't mean it like that. But um, no, Erin She's is, a Swiss Army knife, as she said. Yes. I mean, Erin is like, okay. You are the resident theologian. At, do you define yourself that way on the Bible? Bench? Resident Bible scholar. Bible scholar. Yes. yes. Uh, resident Bible scholar on the Bible bench. Mm-hmm. I am the COO of the podcast media group. I write uh, devotionals. I write guides uh, about church, uh, scripture, church calendar, all that stuff. Church. I don't write devotionals about church. I don't know why I said that. That's not what I meant. I meant church calendar. <laughs> Sorry. And what's your uh, most recent one? It is uh, the most recent words. one is the comfortable words. Yes. That's right. Based on uh, Thomas uh, Cranmer's uh, addition to the liturgy, the Anglican liturgy in the 1500s. And so, um, but yeah, that's. And if anyone you have- could make that cool, it's you. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's cool, but but I think you. I appreciate this, that you you make things approachable. I think like you're just super normal, which I like. Not that people who don't do this stuff are abnormal, but you know what I'm saying. Like I feel like you make it approachable. It's just something we also hope to do with yeah, because this stuff can get kind of I, I don't know. It just cannot be the most interesting thing in the world. But I feel like you have a way of making it really interesting and approachable, That's which really is why good. we wanted you to come on and talk about Lent, which awesome. can be neither of those things sometimes. So we're gonna make that is- it. Absolutely true. But before we get into that, just a little bit more about you. Tell us about the lunar module. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my we got uh, my last name is Moon. So we call all of our homes uh, Moon related uh, things. So our last one was the Moon landing. Uh, this house is the lunar module. Um, I have a husband, three kids. Uh, there's a lot of estrogen in our home. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of feelings in our home. We are uh, we're out loud processors. We are, it's intense. It's an intense emotional time at a lunar module all the time, except for the two people who are like, this is so many emotions. Why are we (laughs) doing, why are we, why are we living our lives this way? Uh, But it's, it's fun. It's fun. We have a good time. Yeah. And you're, you live in Birmingham now, but you're originally from Texas. That's right. Yes. I grew up in the Texas panhandle, uh, moved to Birmingham uh, under the, auspices of a job but it was really because i was like i think this is the boy i'm gonna marry and it was 
Well, there so. you go. Perfect. Oh, I'm from Texas originally too. So we know that. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Waco. Oh my gosh. I have so many people in Waco. I love that. Yeah. So I lived in Waco and then went to Texas A&M and then we lived, my husband and I lived in the DFW area for a while before we moved to Atlanta. So nice. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. You guys are super similar. And I know you're an Enneagram zero, but if you weren't an Enneagram zero, you would share an Enneagram as well. So. <laughs> right. Well, I am a zero. So there you go. Well, I, I will go, we'll go with that for now. I, 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 prefer, <laughs> now. I prefer to just stay and stay that way than the, what I actually am. So I know um, the vulnerability aspect of the Enneagram is just too much for me much, at yeah. this present time. Yes, it's just not, I have got too much other things to deal with to deal with that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyways, okay, let's go a little bit into Lent. So if, if you were walking down the street, this would never happen. But if you're walking down the street, hypothetically, and somebody came up to you and said, what's Lent, what would you say? I would say that uh, Lent is, the, is a season of penitence and fasting that prepares you for the upcoming big season of Easter. Most people, you know, when you were, when I was, uh, so I came from a Southern Baptist tradition and 10 years ago became Anglican. And so, uh, I was just like Easter. Oh my gosh. So cute. So fun. Love a new dress, get a hat. And then (laughs) it was over. And, but in the Anglican tradition on the church calendar, we celebrate Easter for like a bajillion days, which is great because you should, it's one of, it's like the, the hinge pin of humanity of civilization. So um, it lasts for seven weeks. Uh, Easter does. And so Lent uh, is uh, technically 40 days on the calendar. And it's just, uh, you're fasting, you are kind of in this like, remembrance time of Jesus in the wilderness, uh, before the beginning of his public ministry. Um, th- this person on the street, this hypothetical person on the street is like, can I go now, please? I don't, want, I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, so for me, so I, I grew up Catholic. So Lent for me was a part of my growing up, but it was more of a, um, you know, give up chocolate, alcohol, whatever, yes. whatever, whatever is your vice is what you give up. And, and there's a reason for why that that's the trajectory it's taking. And then I went to college and married a Southern Baptist boy and went to a Southern Baptist seminary. So I like swung the other direction. And yes. then I have found my home in Anglicanism as well. And the parts of Lent or the parts of the church calendar that I have missed from growing up Catholic I have brought back in, but then there's, there's the parts of it that I've had to release too. So Mm -hmm. I guess a little bit about, because a lot of people who are going to listen to this, whether they grew up in a non-liturgical type of church, or they did grow up in a highly liturgical church that didn't, didn't really explain what it was. I think a lot of times when we talk about this, a lot of the podcast about how Lent can turn into like a diet or it can turn (laughs) into, you know, so like what are the spiritual implications of why we do give up stuff at Lent, but it's not to give up, um, for, um, the purpose of, you know, dieting or, or whatever. Yeah, I think I think Lent helps us work the muscle of our mm-hmm. faith that wanders in the darkness and it trains it to have faith even when our mind and our hearts say otherwise. So it's that that it it helps you like have that immediate response of I choose faithfulness. I choose faithfulness. Um because you've put it into practice. You know, there's so we we're, we're fasting during Lent. Um I I always really like used to get bogged down into the like outward and inward optics of my fast, you know, like, like you were saying, like, I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give up sugar for Lent. And I'm gonna drop a 
few pounds while I'm at it. Like, (laughs) it's going to be great. And, you know, like, yeah, I'm a broken person who was manipulating a holy right for my own personal gain. Not great. Um, (laughs) But I but I do that a lot anyway, just in regular life, like because I am a broken person. And so I know that God can use my broken heart and my broken brain for life changing work in me, no matter what. And I believe that he can. So I can take my offering of fasting to him. And if, you know, it's sweets or it's Netflix or it's Chick-fil-A or whatever, I'll believe he can. I'll perform the act. I'll be honest with myself and God. And I'll just pray that like, God changed my heart. God changed my heart while I'm in the midst of this. There's like this twofold, like doing the ritual, doing the action, and also praying that it's meaningful. It's the whole scripture about, you know, I, to obey is better than sacrifice to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's the, the sacrifice is not wrong. It's the heart behind it. Is it empty or is there something behind it where you're just, you're begging God for closeness? Um, and so that is, that's the aspect of fasting. And then there's a whole separate aspect of feasting. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, one of the deacons at my church used to say like, yeah, we're going to fast, but we're also going to feast on the word. We're going to feast on service. We're going to feast on um, meditation, you know, adding something in and taking something out at the same time. Uh, you know, if you're giving up your daily Starbucks, you might take that money you would have spent and uh, give it to a person who's experiencing homelessness or uh, a charity that you believe in. The idea is to grow closer to the mindset that Jesus was in during his fast. Um, and I think uh, when, you, when you're feasting on Christ in that way, in that spiritual way, then your fast still, it feels feast-like. If you know, if that makes any sense. Yes, for sure. um, and then, you know, lots of, there are church services, there are, you know, stations of the cross, there's all of these different ways, but the fasting and the feasting and the kind of aligning yourself with Jesus uh, in those times of the wilderness and that self-reflection, um, self-examination aspect, I think is really important to learn as well. Yeah. I really like the approach you said too, like you, you do your best and you offer it to God. Cause I think a lot of times, like I did this with Advent. I was like, okay, I, I like made up a whole schedule for myself and I, I made it like something I was going to be good at. And I'm yeah. it's every time I go through a season like this, I have to remember and I get a little better each time at just being like, this is what I have and remembering the whole point of it. Cause I think we can get really stuck in the um, legalism is the wrong word, but just the, we make rules for these things. Right. Yeah. And then we, get distracted by them. Yeah. yeah. And then if we don't perform them perfectly, we're like, well, forget it. Yeah. Well, that's not the point is you can't yeah. be good at Lent. Right. You can, yes. like the point is, is to grow closer. Yes. And if, if you've, if you've made a change, if your heart has changed, even a, just a modicum, like during the process, then it has been a success. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think that also the the aspect of Lent that I have grown into is the fact that it shows me how much I need Jesus, <laughs> um, yes. which is the point of Easter, correct? And so, so it, it it reminds me that I I have I have things that I need to um, bring to Him and let go of, um, and that's hard. And so I need His help in that, and I need Him to be near in that. But also that 
the back to the not being able to do it perfectly. Like I am very much a type A personality that wants to get to do things right. And so when I don't do things right, um, I want to give it up and, mm-hmm. or I can't do it efficiently or whatever. And Lent reminds me that like that's not what the spiritual life is. Um, yeah. and, and then which helps us to all the more celebrate at Easter because the resurrection um, reminds us that we have power over those things. And yeah. even yeah. though when it felt, even though it feels helpless sometimes. So without the sacrificing, it's hard to um, seeing what we need. So absolutely. Yeah. Like that's if great. you think in terms of food, like, have you ever tried to like, you know, when you have like a really nice dinner planned and you like, say you had like, what do you do during the day? You kind of chill out on the food or you eat minimally so that you can really we do different things when we're planning a dinner, probably because you're just more professional than I. <laughs> no, I don't mean <laughs> you like preparing your body. Yeah, yeah okay. because you know, like, it's going to be so much better if I'm hungry. Because you ever sat oh, down yeah, to, yeah. like, a really great meal and you're not even hungry? And you're yeah, just kind of like, depressing. It, yeah. Well, and it's just not, you don't enjoy it. Like, yeah. French people say hunger is the best seasoning, and it's true. And so it's like, I think that applies spiritually, too. Like, if you want to enjoy the feast, like, you have to prepare or mm-hmm. you're just going to not, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. I love that perspective that you bring, like, from your food background, that, that feeling of, of, uh, I'm hungry and I'm, I'm, ra- I'm like ravenous for yeah. connection and, um, understanding. And so I really love that. That's a really cool yeah. perspective. Thanks. For sure. I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. So I love that. There's so, but like we did in Advent, we talked about GSB and the bread of life. There's so There's much, so much there. food connection. I mean, it's spiritually. Just, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Good. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So what we're doing for Lent. So every, you know, every year our, our talks on the church calendar are different. And this year, our focus for the series um, for the five weeks after this episode is on idols. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so idols and sin, um, because you know, that's Lent is supposed to bring that stuff to the surface. And, and we can't know what it is that we need to bring before him and give up so that we can celebrate our need for him unless we know what it is we should be giving up. So, and let me just interject. I said, sorry, not no, to catch but I just want to like interject that we're all, we're doing this in the safety of Easter. Mm-hmm. Cause I think otherwise it would be terrifying to look at all of that stuff, but we are um, doing it in yeah. the safety of Easter. And I also want to just throw in something that strikes me every year as somebody who I kind of am a guilty shame person. And so my tendency is to look at my sin a whole lot more than I need to. And some people mm. don't look at their sin a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Lynn is good for both of us because yeah. it reminds me if I'm looking at the whole church calendar, well, just it's just this part. And it's yeah. not as important as all this other stuff. Yes. And is like, as t- like, I don't need to spend as much time on that as I do with feasting. So I think yes. we just have to come into it because this stuff is terrifying to look at. I mean, yeah. seeing our need for Jesus is scary because it shows us how like just we can't do it. And I think we just need to know that we are held and loved and we have like Easter's coming, baby. Like, it's okay. Look at it. So nice one. Yeah. And, and I love that because I think the church calendar gives us so many gifts. And one of those is like just movement through the seasons, yes. like yes. within the days portioned out during the year, I'm given space to experience certain feelings. And during Lent, like no one's asking me to be happy and cheery. Like we're supposed to be somber. We're supposed, and like that, that gives me the space later in Easter to to move forward. And it like gently kind of urges me forward with its cadence. And it's like, Hey, we're going to have time for mourning, Like, and that's important. I mean, it's like sitting Shiva. It's very like, there's a process here and and your body is made for it and your mind is made for it. And so let's, let's embrace that. 
Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So we decided that this series would, we're going to kind of like dig into idols. And it started off as a conversation about Tim Keller's book, Counterfeit Idols. And so we're going to kind of counterfeit talk gods. about counterfeit gods. Why did I say? Because I said idols. Anyways, counterfeit gods. Sorry, All Tim. idols are counterfeit. <laughs> not, not that Tim listens to our <laughs> podcast, but um, <laughs> what if he did? <laughs> but more of like, so there's this idea of the obvious ones, like money, mm-hmm. sex, power. And then we're going to talk about the not so obvious ones. And we, we discussed yeah. a little bit um, the book, Seculosity. I don't know if you read it. Oh, I haven't read that. Yeah, it's really good um the guy who's the um and i'm blanking on his name so i'm so sorry we'll put it in the show notes um but he's the guy who's the um mockingbird um um editor like he's the senior editor at mockingbird nice yes so he wrote a book on seculosity about how there are these um certain idols and i don't think he uses the word idols but there are the things that we relate to in this world that have replaced there are replacement religions so Mm -hmm. um food and wellness um politics parenting relationship, merit, like marital love yeah. relationships, all these things that those have now become um, our God and our religion mm-hmm. is, are those secular things. And so we're going to kind of dive into each one of those pieces as a part of this series. But for this, for our, our talk today, I think we wanted to dig a little bit of like, what is an idol? Like what is sin? Because I, I, I think, you know, just normal everyday vernacular, when we talk about sin, people are like, whoa, they either they either want to dive into like yes everything is sinful or yes. they dive into the let's not talk about that let's let's just yeah. talk about the lovey doveyness of religion and, and Christianity but let's not talk about like sin and idols um, you know let's leave the Old Testament kind of over here and like let's mm-hmm. sit with kind and nice Jesus so we want to like we want to have a well rounded balanced view of yeah. idols and sin so um, sin is a misunderstood word how would you define it Aaron. I think sin is just anything that is separating you from God mm-hmm. and being close to him. And so you kind of mentioned like, yeah, there are the big ones, um, you know, murder, that's going to be separate <laughs> yeah. you from God. Um, but there are also things that look benign and look uh, good that are good. Yeah. But uh, when they are placed in an unhealthy spot in our lives, that's when they become idols and, and that's when they become sin. And, uh, I think for so long, I thought, you know, I grew up in the youth group and I thought, okay, God needs to be the center of my universe. He needs to be the, you know, and then there are all these other things that once I get through God or once I, you know, nail my relationship with him, I'll be able to do, but really God is permeating everything. He's, he's not first. He's not, he is the center. He is what holds everything together. And so when I, when I don't put my, my God lenses on my, uh, my Jesus lens on in my marriage, it be, it becomes an idol. Mm -hmm. When I don't put my Jesus lens on with my parenting, it becomes an idol. Mm -hmm. And it's that, it's putting that lens on and seeing the world through that perspective is that it's not first, it just permeates everything. Yeah. That's yeah. good. When I think about sin, um, how our pastor uses it all the time, but he got it from somewhere else <laughs> uh, about sin being missing the mark. So like, if you think mm-hmm. of it in like archery terms, like sin is like just every time you just don't quite hit the mark. Mm-hmm. So it can be really far apart. Like you could be really bad at archery and it could be like all the way over here, or it could be like almost close to the center, but not quite there. Um, and yeah. so, and, 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 and God's heart for us is that we hit the center. Right. Mm-hmm. But obviously we can't do it without him. 
because we're human, but like our heart, his heart is for us to hit the mark every time. But sometimes we're, we're just a little off. And sometimes it's just a little degree to the right or the left, or sometimes it's like way off and we shank it to the right or the left. Right. And so, um, I also like that view of yeah. sin is just, it, it can be this wide range of things. Cause I think we like to have a hierarchy and there's yeah. not really a hierarchy. Obviously there is in a legal sense because murder is a little bit different than you know, right. cheating on your taxes. But yeah. Um, but like Tim Keller yeah. says, like the seed of murder is resentment, right? Like, so it's like uh, all exactly. these things, it's like, it starts really small. So we, the sin in your heart is the sin in your heart. It just kind of gets like amplified. Yeah. Right. And then it becomes different things. But I mean, resentment can be just as dangerous to your insides. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, and I think we need to think about why, like, it's important for us to even have this conversation. Um, because there, there have been times in my Christian life where <laughs> I've um, thought, oh, well, it's all covered by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, I can just ask for forgiveness and it's all covered with the blood of Jesus. And that's not normally my personality. I don't really, I usually tend to fall towards the more like, what am I doing wrong side of the, the spectrum? But what would you say to why it's important that we have this discussion about sin? You know, this is interesting because a few weeks ago I was on Instagram and I follow a, um, I would call her like a spiritually adjacent, like a Christian adjacent uh, influencer, mm-hmm. uh, writer. Yeah. And she was doing a conference and uh, it was some shots from the conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the slides on the stage that was behind her um, said, uh, we can rejoice because there's no such thing as sin. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Beca- because that's not true. If there is no sin, then there is no evil in the world. And I think that we can agree that there is at the very least evil in the world. There are yes. evil things that happen in the world. And so um, I thought that was so interesting. And I think there is that tendency to want to view because because we we live post like we we live in this weird tension of like the already happened and the not yet yeah and so um when 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 i look at my life and i look at my relationship with jesus there's this like yes i have been redeemed i have been you know my i have been bought by his blood that is true and then it is also true that i am a garbage person and I have a heart that it's prone to wander. Like it's just, it's constantly wanting to do my own thing. It's wanting my glory above anything else. And so I think what Lit does is it helps you go like, it kind of strips everything away to say, hey, if, if if you'll turn around and you'll look like, I'm not asking you to perform a checklist. I'm not asking you to uh, jump through hoops. And none of this is performative. Like it's between you and me. Yeah. And and I want to show you what's in, what's between you and me. You know, I think God, that's what God is saying with Flint. He's like, I want to show you what is between us so that we can, we can bridge that gap. And we can be closer to one another. Yeah, so that I can love you. Because I think a yeah. lot of us go into it thinking like, so you can be like punished or so I can tell you what you're doing wrong. And it's like, exactly. 
the point of that is just like with our kids, you know, you're not like oh trying gosh. to shame your kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, that's such a gift of having kids to me is being able to like experience this and kind of understand God a little bit more mm-hmm. through my children. But it's yeah. true. It's like, I, I want the best for my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Th- this idea that, um, it's interesting what you said about that um, Instagram influencer or writer that you were talking about. I think, I, I think that it's very popular in culture and Christian culture even now to like have to delineate these things, right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca just helped me with my hair and my face. <laughs> <laughs> I forget people can't actually see us when we're talking. Um, so. It, I think it's very popular to go to one side or the other. Um, and we, and we want to delineate. We want to be like, okay, this person who writes about this, they're real strong on sin. And then this person is over here and they're, you know, they're a little bit more progressive and, and Mm -hmm. they, they love people better, but they don't really talk about sin. And so then we feel like we need to be like, okay, well, I feel more this way. So I'm going to follow these people who are real hard on sin. And -hmm. then I follow these people this way because they make me feel loved. And, and, here on woven all the time and everything we talk about, we talk about the balance and, and the, we're, middle, the yeah. middle and what is the, what is the middle in all of this? And I, and I think you guys kind of discussed it beautifully when you were talking about um, the reason why God calls us to look at these things in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Why does he want us to do this? Does he want to do this to shame us? Um, no, obviously scripture says there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but he also wants us to be close to him. Mm-hmm. And that, that is his, his heart and his desire. And that should be our heart and our desire and, and having that space between you. I mean, it's the same thing in, in like a marriage relationship or a friendship. If you're not married, like, you know, like when something, when there's tension, then you don't feel as close. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think but it's hard. It's hard to go there. Um, well, and it's, I think it's, it's a very nuanced conversation. I think, I think for the majority of us, we're uncomfortable with living in tension. Yes. Um, like uh, that two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very, and it is, it's a very difficult, like it's a very difficult concept to, to abide by, but Mm -hmm. it is, it is, what we're dealing with here. There is a, an aspect of yes, but no. And that is difficult for us who we want answers. We want a checklist. We want everything to be prescriptive, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, but, but I think let, lets you kind of explore those feelings and emotions through and, and thoughts and frustrations and confusions, um, really beautifully because it's just this time of quiet introspection and paying it and also paying attention to other people. Like who are you, who is neglected? Who is not, you know, who is downtrodden? Who are these people? How have I been gifted that I can help them as well? Like it's, it's a both and thing. Well, I think that's the beautiful thing about Lent too is, um, and I like that you brought up that aspect of it because I think at least for me, um, until I can strip some of that stuff away, um, I don't see the pain around me as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, or the, the missing pieces around me or the brokenness around me, because I'm just like, I'm a heads down. Let's move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. And what let does is allow me to slow down. And Mm -hmm. when I slow down and strip some of that stuff away, that's distracting me. It allows me to see what God is doing in other 
other areas besides just in my life. And I, yeah. I think that's a beautiful gift of Lent for sure. Yeah. Well, it invites us to participate um, yeah. in not, not only what God is doing in me, which yeah. I am, I'm a lot like you, like I'm very heads down, pencils up about my to-do list. And then, and then also on like a larger global scale, I can, it's very easy in Lent to check out or go through the motions. Like that's completely possible. But I think for me, again, it's the heart behind it. It's engaging my mind on a more accessible level yeah. and it's encouraging me and opening the door for me to take part in what he's doing. It helps me pay attention better. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and also, you know, it's just, it's hard to like, I know for you, like introspection is like a little bit easier for you. Yeah. I would just rather not do it. I would just rather oh, not no. examine yes, my agree. life. Um, the prayer of examine, even while I think it's absolutely amazing. It's like my least favorite part of the day <laughs> yeah. because I don't like to go back over and revisit the hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even want to revisit the good because then that's admitting that there's good and hard. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, I rather just be like, Oh, it was a day and move on. Oh, it was a day and move on. And, and, and unless I'm in intentional, I won't do this naturally. Some people do do Mm -hmm. it naturally. Some people are naturally self-aware. Some people are naturally introspective and think about um, how God is moving in their lives and how they need to change. And I mean, I would just rather not do that. That just sounds hard and it gets in my way. (laughs) Um, And I like that Lent forces me because if I did not follow a church calendar, I would not do any of these things. Um, I wouldn't celebrate either. Like I would just like, it would be ordinary time all the time. Like, you know, everything's ordinary, which is super boring and not how God wants us to live our lives. So I'm thankful for the gift of Lent for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading that um, Jewish people and I I don't speak Hebrew. So, but they have a saying (laughs) that we're all beloved dust, like we're beloved dust. And it's so hard to like see yourself because it's like some of us struggle to believe we're dust. And that we're just insignificant and, you know, and then some of us struggle to believe that we're beloved, but Mm -hmm. you can't, you you have to see them together. And I think that's what like, because I don't think I can see other people as complicated in both and if I can't see myself that way. And if I can't see Mm -hmm. like, and God is always good, but he's super complicated. And like he had, Jesus had so many different emotions that we're not comfortable with in ourselves that we saw in him. And then that feels, it can bring up all kinds of emotions in us. Like, well, he got angry. What does that mean? Is he angry at me? And like, if we don't spend time really looking at that, like, I remember my, my daughter, I have five-year-old twin girls and they're in like prime Disney princess age, which is problematic for some reason. So I'm, I'm trying when we watch these movies and they're like, well, Maleficent's bad. Or like, you know, this is the villain. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, and like Prince Hans and Frozen, I'm sure you've seen Frozen. Yeah, yes. So, who who among us has not? <laughs> so Prince Hans, um, sorry, I was not planning on talking about this, but it just like came to my head, so we're gonna go with it. But like Prince Hans, like he made some bad choices, but then it was like I was like, Well, did you see that he felt unseen by his family? And I'm like talking to the girls, and I'm like, This is not an excuse for his behavior, but people aren't just good or bad. And we're having this conversation a lot. Like, just because you do something bad doesn't mean you are bad. And like, that's how kids think. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us are emotionally children sometimes. And we're like, well, Mm. I did now I'm bad because I committed this sin. But anyway, it's like, just because we like to categorize people like that. And we like to look at God that way. It's like the Flannery O'Connor story, the turkey where the boy, you know, that whole thing. Um, We'll link that in the show notes if you haven't read it. But basically, Sorry, I'm just jumping all around to all the different analogies right now. But the boy basically thinks God is on his side when something good happens and then the bad thing happens and he thinks he's messed up and he, he like, and that's how we live. And I just think that if we don't take time to look at ourselves with like a, 
objective but loving lens and really like look at these things, then we're going to miss the whole point in other people and in the world because we Mm -hmm. just don't naturally see things as the middle. Like it is hard. We have to work toward the middle yeah, and we have to consciously do it. And anyway, that's why I'm grateful for Len and just this time and that it encourages all of us to do that. Yeah. If we'll lean into it, because I don't yeah. think we're going to, yeah, we just, we need that. We don't do yeah. that. So how, how would you separate the definition of sin and the definition of idol? Because we're talking about two things here. We're, we're lumping them as that, that they're the same thing, but they're not, even though they work in tandem. Right. So I think that, you know, sin is anything that's separating you from God. And I think an idol is anything that turns your gaze from him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you are putting something in the spot that should be reserved for him. Mm-hmm. You are letting something else permeate your life as opposed to him. You are looking at life through a lens of something else that is not him and his way and his law and his grace. That's that's how I would define the difference between the two. It's probably a little too subtle, but there you go. No, I I no, I think I think it is I think that for me, whenever I think about it, and you may have a different analogy, but when I think about it, I think of idol is what turns my gaze. And then the, the, the sin is what I do in reaction to the idol. Mm, that's so, good. um, so, so let's take power. For instance, I may or may not struggle with this. So, <laughs> so, okay. Accomplishments. Hypothetically. Hypothetically say I struggle with, you know, accomplishments and seeking glory for myself instead of God. Let's say, let's say that's mine. Okay. And, um, and so I, that has become like my idol, my accomplishments, what people think about me, all those things become my idol. And then what do I do as a result of that? Well, then I start, you know, maybe a little like exaggeration here or there to make, mm-hmm. to build myself up a little bit more or, or maybe just take a little bit of, you know, license of, you know, changing up my resume just a little bit or whatever it is. Not mm-hmm. saying that any of these things have ever happened, but those things that I, that I did in response to my gaze being towards that idol was the sin. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't really delineate it like that because it could be, I mean, it's the chicken, the egg thing. Right. But I, for me, that's how it plays out in my life. I think, yeah. And I, yeah, I think like power is not inherently bad. No, right. Yeah. It is, it is a tool and yes. you can either use it to build a house or you can use it to kill somebody. And yes. so like you, I think we have to be really careful saying like, Oh, you know, sex is a sin. Well, that's not true. True. It's not. And it never has been. It's a tool. And what you do with it makes the difference. Choose it. That's like a, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like, what are you (laughs) going to do with the thing that's in front of you? What are you going to do with this aspect of life? Yeah. Same thing with money or um, anything else that, um, I mean, there's a few sins we could think of that there's probably never a good situation to use it. But for the most part, (laughs) these things, but the underneath of the sin. Yeah like the driving force that maybe not like the specific sin, but I think any driving force has a good and a bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I think of idolatry as like, I think for me, an idol is what I prioritize. Like that becomes my mm. priority over God. And that is sort of my, and then the sin is what happens when my priority is not God. Yeah. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. I definitely, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Other thoughts, Aaron, man. No, those are great. Y'all, y'all are, I mean, y'all are amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning so much. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go die. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that made your Georgia Southernness just came out right there. It happen a lot. But. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, else. Yeah, we need to talk about how people can, how you're helping people dive into Lent this year. Oh yeah, so um, I so one of the, one of the things that I've uh, uh, that I do and I have done I've previously worked in publishing uh, Bible studies, editing Bible studies, and so when I um, kind of when I left my old job and moved to the podcast, I knew that was something that I still wanted to keep doing because it's just really important to me, and honestly, it's how it's how I work things out for mm-hmm. myself is yeah. writing, and so um, I don't. So last year I did a Lent guide and I'll be doing another Lent guide this year. Um, this one is, I haven't told anybody this. You're the first people to know. Um, but uh, I'll be doing it based on Ecclesiastes, which is a tough read. Um, yes. But kind of looking at how the Gospels answer uh, Ecclesiastes um, and how and what that conversation means in this time of like self-reflection and um, penance and discipline during Lent. Awesome. A, a real rollicking good time. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me a couple years ago, I went, I went on a women's retreat with our church and we sat down and one of the women that works on staff at our church was like, okay, she was going to be the speaker or the teacher. And it's a small group of women. And she was like, and we're going to dive into Lamentations. And I was like, yeah. I'm so glad I came. Okay, <laughs> a, a joyful time. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great retreat. It actually was wonderful and life-changing actually, but that's a story for another time. Well, I think, and I think we forget like there is, like there is so much wrestling happening in scripture. I think on a very surface level, we only talk about the, you know, the grace and the redemption part of scripture. Mm -hmm. And those are there and they are so important, but there's also this aspect of like, Hey, here are stories of people who are messed up and they are depressed and they are sad and they are, uh, miserable and they have anxiety and they are sinful. Not that those two things are the same, uh, depression, anxiety, and sin. Um, but I think we forget that there are actual, there's a lot of meat and there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Ecclesiastes so much is that it's not afraid of those questions. It's not afraid to like make a statement and then ca- contradict that statement. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, I, there are a lot of problems in the world and I'm going to complain about them for a minute. And I think, I think it's beautiful that they left Ecclesiastes in the canon, which it was a big fight about, but I, I love that they did that. It gave us that freedom to say like, Hey, sometimes things are just garbage and that's, and we just have to look at it and go, I hate that. That's garbage. And I wish that it was different. And so what I like is that we are at a time where we can look back and we can take something like Ecclesiastes and it can be answered with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it can, uh, the, the questions that are posed in Ecclesiastes are directly in, you know, in Jesus's ministry. And I really, really love that. And it's been, and I don't, I, I don't write devotionals from a standpoint of, I know more than you, mm-hmm. um, because I am a theater major and I am a lay theologian. And so, um, my, my heart is to go like, it's not, it's not like I'm on this mountain and I'm like, let me teach you all of the things. I, I view it as more like we're all standing on the side of a lake on the shore and everybody's like, should we get in? I don't know if we should get in. And I'm like, Hey, I'll grab that rope swing first and I'll jump in and then y'all just come in with me. And so what I want to do is, is open it up in an accessible way to say like, Hey, these are questions we can ask together. We can, we, 
can explore this together and see where it leads us. Yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. <coughs> we will definitely link to your website and to your social media so people can find you so that when those things drop, they can find it. And awesome. obviously to the podcast and to the Bible binge, because I think you add um, such a great well-roundedness to the Bible. I mean, I love the Bible binge. I was telling my husband the other night, I was like, gosh, I wish I would have thought about the, the thought of the Bible. I know. It's such, <laughs> such a good yeah. idea. <laughs> so I was like, it's brilliant because it's brilliant. It, it puts two things that I love together so much, the Bible and pop culture. And it makes me so happy. It makes me I'm so happy. It has so made glad. me so much smarter. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not like, cause I don't, I mean, I'm not like you, like I don't really get into, I get very bored with the Bible, frankly. Like I find it really difficult. And so yeah. it, it gives me this confidence, like, now, do I get all of my Bible knowledge from the Bible binge? No, but it gives me the confidence to be like, I know what's going on. I can do this now because I kind yeah, of, I would, and, yeah. I would not recommend getting your soul Bible <laughs> teaching from us, but, but we are a fun a hang. Context that feels familiar because yes. sometimes the Bible can just feel so like, what is this even saying? Like, I'm just, it's so out of left field to me that like your knowledge, Knox and Jamie's kind of like humor and the way they present it, I feel like I can go into it and be like, I get this now in a way that I didn't before. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that makes me really happy. That was the whole point and purpose. So that's great. Yes. The Bible is fun. It wasn't just fun in VBS. It can be fun now. (laughs) I do wish I would sing more songs. Well, we'll we'll try to work that in for 2020. (laughs) Well, I'm super excited about Esther. It's pretty pretty happy. Oh, it's been so much fun and it's been so fascinating because I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but for me, Esther was always this like vaguely, like there were like hot illustrations in my NIV adventure Bible of Esther. Like I love that it was about a lady and a princess. It was like the Christian version of like Aladdin or whatever. And so it was always so fun to see like, my gosh, Esther's so pretty. Is it okay for us to be pretty? They say we can't be pretty until we get married. So that's very confusing. Uh, But you know, there was always this like, I really connected. I have no idea why I connected with the story, but you know, I think it was just exciting to see a girl, but uh, it's yeah. been so interesting to learn about the historical context and um, how to read the book and all of that type of thing. So uh, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we link to all of that. Yes. For oh, thank sure. you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah, and thank you for taking Oh my time. gosh, this was so much fun to you talk about an open invite. and an idol with you guys. <laughs> I'm glad we can make it fun somehow. <laughs> so, yeah. And yes, definitely come back whenever you Literally, want Literally, if you want to promote the opening of your envelope, you just come on in and you tell us and... I'll be here. Thank you. That's very <laughs> kind. Thank y'all so much. Y'all are such good interviewers. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.